to the Boardroom Podcast. Wagwan, fam. What's going on? It's been a long time coming. Yeah, Episode 001, though. We finally here. Finally. And yes. let's, let's keep the energy going this time. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be a consistent thing. All right, let's get into it. Yeah. I'm still make millions when this music fade. Reinvent every time the music change. My gut had me feeling like I moved away. I feel like I spoke for my generation. All I gave in my demonstration. To my gang, I'm a different grade. This is my Stay true, now it's entertainment. I feel like I'm built for whatever storm. Whatever way the game test me in whatever form. Through all the dark times that they never saw. I feel like I stand tall and can never fall. Good opening words. Marathon continues. Yeah, my first time hearing that track, man. Shout out to the neighborhood. Shout out to Nipsey. For real. It's deep. I like and it's funny because it's a lot of people don't even know about that Nipsey verse. It's a feature. Um the neighborhood is like a real like eclectic um group of white boys. And um Nipsey got a feature on there, and it's like it's it's the merger of like two completely different worlds, but sonically it sounds amazing. Well, you know Nipsey was gonna find them as soon as he saw the name the, the neighborhood. neighborhood. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Shout out the neighborhood. Shout out to West Side. Yeah, rolling sixties. Well, we got uh, you know, your boy Trev Williams here along with my co-host Dr. J. What's going on, everybody? And we That's are right from here. the block to the boardroom podcast. Yes, well, we sir. Everything from the block to the boardroom. Here we go. Two versatile brothers covering uh a variety of versatile topics. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna jump right into it. When we start these podcasts, we always gonna start with a mental health check in. Yes. So, um, you know, I think it's very important that us as black people, black men, black women, and just human beings in general, it's very important to check in with each other mentally to see where you at. So let me mm-hmm. let me check in with you. Where you at with it today, brother? How you how you feeling mentally? Man, Doctor J, I feel great, bro. Um, you know, I just had a little um a battle. I don't even say little. Let me not belittle it. I had a battle that I was um I had going on mentally for a little while. Um, I know you knew about it, but even going back to that Nipsey song we was playing when he mentioned uh, you know, the dark roles that a lot of people might not have even seen. You know, a lot of people, whether they're colleagues or people that, that knew me, probably didn't even know, you know, the stress that I was dealing with as my um, you know, dad amongst other complications had um, you know, the very final stages of kidney failure. Um and for his own reasons, you know, pride, whatever the case may be, he was very um, reluctant and adamant about not doing dialysis. So it kind of just continued to fail and, and, and further progress on its own. This is going back from like around 2017. Um, you know, my dad ascended um, on February 3rd, 2020 of this year. And um, listen, man, I mean, last week we had his services, the 14th and the 15th, and it was beautiful in spite of what took place. Um you know, myself, my sister, we uh, really put the work in to really alleviate the stress um, for my mom. You know, my, my parents were married for 46 years. You know, they were together longer than they were apart. You know, like they don't really, the only time they really had apart was their youth. You know, they spent their whole adult life together from their young 20s straight into 70s. Um, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. So, you know, we try to make sure that my mom had very little bit to do at least with the planning and things of that nature. And it was beautiful, man. We had family from, uh, both of my parents are Jamaican, born in Jamaica. Uh, we had family from Jamaica come up, family from Toronto, from Florida, all over um, come in. It was, it was huge. Um, over 200 people 
first night the viewing, um, you know, flooded with people, services. We had a really nice repast also that was, you know, more celebratory, more fun. Um, and I think the thing for me, while I'm not like distraught and I'm good mentally with it, one, um, it wasn't all the way sudden, but it, it also was somewhat expected. You can never really expect it, but, you know, we had, as much as you keep faith and you're optimistic, my dad was kind of headed in that direction. So with that and with being a realist, I started to, you know, make sure I had certain conversations with him, made sure that I valued the time that I did have so that if that day was to come, it didn't catch me totally like off guard. Like if he was a super young guy and maybe let's say something tragic happened, like he was in a car accident or something like that, where it's like it totally caught you off guard. It's still something that you don't want to happen, but it wasn't like it caught me totally off guard. Um, furthermore, I was even thinking about it this way. Like, I think, man, I'm thankful for what I had, even not so much what I lost. Like, you know, compared to a lot of my peers, my friends, like I had an active father in my life. And not only active that lived, you know, my parents were married from 1973 till, till you know, my pops passed. My parents were together. Um, and that's not say that the perfect marriage, but they were together my whole life. You know, the whole time I lived with my parents, my parents were together, you know. So I had, you know, that direct, you know, um, male influence, you know, not from a grandfather, not from my uncle, but from my, my, my dad throughout my whole life. You know, my nickname, I call myself Trev Stars because of my dad, Big Trev. You know what I mean? Like wanting to be like him, wanting to follow in his, 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 his images, his, his, you know, continue that lineage. So, um, yeah, man, it, it was tough. Um, but I feel like as as much as it is sad in that times, I also kind of feel a um a reignition of fire, a refocus. Like it's my time to like, you know, uh carry the torch and like pick up what he left off, you know, and you know, be the new Trev Williams and, and, and carry that for the family. You know, it almost like kind of put more um fire under me, you know? So um yeah, man, you know, it it, it was a tough battle, but um you know, I had a conversation with one of our one of our brothers who has a podcast as well, um, Trapped Anonymous. Shout out to uh, Chris Styles. Um, he was having a conversation because he had something similar last year. And I was asking him, I said, you know, how did you come to peace with that, brother? And, um, you know, his dad had a similar kidney issue as well. And he said, man, really for me, like, I thought about it. I was like, my dad wasn't living. He was surviving. And once he said that, I knew exactly what he was talking about. I thought about, you know, my pop, like, can't fall asleep at nighttime. Because he's nervous. He's nervous to fall asleep. Because when you're in that kind of state, you don't want to go to bed because you're not sure if that's your last night. You know, right. You know, needed help for everything. You know, to, to grab an item. You know, you want to walk to the kitchen, need somebody to walk. You know what I mean? Like, and that wasn't my pop when I Right, exactly. That wasn't my pop when I was a little kid. That wasn't my pop when I was a teenager. You know? That is like Superman. Right, exactly. And on top of that, my pop is like stereotypical, macho, old school Jamaican. So even living like that was hurting him to like, have to, you know, because that's that's for help. That's not even his, you know, that's not even the kind of person he was. Very independent, you know. So um, it's, it's so crazy that, to a large extent, America has undervalued the role of the black man in the family. Yeah, right. Like the importance of having dad and father figures around, and how much more successful you become by just having that that figure in your life. Right. And I think it's also important to understand that I can highlight the importance of or we as a culture can highlight the importance of having a black man in your family without coming at 
black women or coming out the structures of families and all that, right? Like when we take time to highlight that, it doesn't mean that we're saying every other part of the family is unnecessary. Right. Or like the absence of something else. The highlight of something doesn't have to mean the absence or the negation of something else. Or just even a comparison of something else, right? Like I I think about um, a tweet I had saw on Twitter probably two, three days ago Mm -hmm. where this one guy was like, black men are going through mental problems because we've been told for generations that we have to be responsible for an entire family and provide for everybody. And women really took him to the shed for making this comment. Like, oh, so how, how do black women feel? How do, and I'm right. like, but and, you know, like, and, when and, I read and, it, I was and like, salute to all the strong, the strong black women who have done that. Oh, absolutely. Right. Absolutely, because we all come from it. You're absolutely. better for it. But I think that it's all right to say, I understand where you're coming from, King, and that mental health. Right. Without saying that it's a I'm comparing you or I need to also highlight this issue. For right now, at this moment in time, like, I'm going to address you. Right. right. So having your dad and your family and losing that, like, I know that's tough. I know that's yeah. hard. Yeah. Right. Like, growing up, you think, if your dad's around, you think God is the best fighter in the world and your dad's a close second. Right. Right. Very close second. Right, so I, I know that's all. I'm happy that you shared that with us. Yeah, bro. And I mean, going forward right now, um, I'm on my day six right now. I'm doing uh, Deepak Chopra's. And it's funny because I was going to start it before he passed, actually. So it's, it, it's, it's, it's the timing is perfect because it's helping me, like, you know, next chapter, um, his 21 Days of Abundance um, Meditation Challenge, which it involves, like, a lot of um, reflection, reflection on yourself, reflection on people that you know, and also your mindset, which is dope. And um, this podcast, you know, which we had aimed to at start early in February, we're still getting it done within Black History Month. You know, even this podcast is therapeutic as well. You know, the the, the love and support of the friends, the family, fraternity brothers. So, like I said, all well, bro. The mental health is strong. You know, marathon continues. And, you know, it's uh, just, just another battle, another test of life, you know? Absolutely. What about you, though, brother, Dr. J? We got we to gotta make sure that, you know, you're good, good mental you know, you're very good at always listening and giving advice, so we got to make sure that you're in great mental spirits as well. Uh, thanks, I appreciate that. Um, pretty much for me, where I'm at mentally with it now is, uh, like, satisfied, I would say. Uh, and the reason I say that is because, yes, I'm exhausted. I have a bunch of work to do that I'm actually behind. Mm-hmm. So if any of my colleagues listen to this, I'm going to get to that work, I promise. <laughs> um, but... Satisfied meaning I took my daughter to the African American Museum right yesterday. And you see a couple of my boys, we all took our kids out there. And some people was like, Oh, your your daughter won't even understand what it means. Like she's only two. And my thing is, I don't care if she understands what it means. Like we're gonna go there yearly or multiple times throughout the year, every year of her life, until for her it becomes second nature. Right. Right. Like, so by the time she's even able to comprehend it. It's a familiar place. Yes. Right. And it's, it's just, it. it's normalized to her. Yeah. Right. Like for me, this was a huge thing, a huge accomplishment for her. She can be like, oh, I go to the museum and I see people that look like me, that come from places that I came from and have that generational struggle like I've had. Right. And I can relate and see and see how they succeeded in their greatness. Right. And I also know where I came from. And I think that was important. Dope. Dope. Mental health, very important for black men. Very important. Absolutely. Um, the next thing on the, I don't know, the, the next thing on that we're going to get right into is, of course, you know, everybody, and I'm a Brooklyn boy, born and raised. I am Brooklyn biased. Oh. Being, 
there will be a lot Bow. of Brooklyn bias on this podcast, just so we all know. Um, but we all know shout that we Queens, recently though, lost someone. Born in Brooklyn, but shout out Queens, though. You heard? Wait, here we go. Here we go with this. Shout out. But we recently yeah. lost um, Pop Smoke. You know, so we're gonna we're gonna get into Pop Smoke um, real quick. But before we before we do that, let's let's do it properly. Let's, you know, we gonna, we're gonna pop it with my boy Pop. It's my favorite song with Pops. I like this song because it's just really reflective of like where he was at, right. being a product of his environment and everything that he was going through. Yeah. Right. And I think um, I don't even want to get into get into trying to be an Instagram detective about what happened to him. Yeah, or, yeah. Like, I really just want to talk about being responsible in your content when you report. Mm-hmm. Right? So everybody knows, or pretty much everybody should know, of academics. And he released this piece on YouTube where he was talking about, oh, you know, uh, Pop Smoke, did a, he talked a lot about GDK, and that stands for Gangster Disciple Killer. And... You never know if there's gangster disciples in other places. And like when I saw it, I was pissed off, right? Like I felt like that's gaslighting, mm-hmm. right? There's a lot of things that people are going to. But before I even furthermore go into that gaslighting, uh, we got a special guest here today. One of our good brothers, Sam, let him introduce himself. Say step up to the microphone. What up, y'all? What up, y'all? How you feeling, Say? How's everything going? Anything good, man. Maintaining one day at a time. Good, good, good. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that you could join in with us. Absolutely. Um, and we'll get into uh as we start talking about this whole issue, why specifically um I asked Say to be here. Um asked him a couple of days and he responded. So I definitely appreciate him. But you know, it's it's this whole culture of gaslighting uh for content, right? Or gaslighting uh when you don't have a, a shoe in the race. Right. Right? Like you have issue like Brooklyn is in the middle of a war, you could kind of say, right? And Middle of a war between Wolves and Cho's and GDs and everybody else that's just neighborhood cliques as well. Right. Right? And, like, there's people that have really died over this. There's fights that go on all the time. So I feel like for him to say that, yo, listen, you know, he says GDK a lot. Pop Smoke says GDK a lot in his music. You know, it's GDs everywhere. Yo, fam, that's not the type of time you should be reporting if you know right. not for sure. Oh, that's certain. Right? Like, it's, it's, it's kids in high schools. Right? Just to name two off the top of my head, Tilton High School, Erasmus High School. Right? I got kids in both high schools. I know teachers in these high schools that I, I grew up in. You, you coach uh, youth football, right? Yes. Brooklyn Skyhawks? Okay. Right? Um, there's kids in this school that they fighting every day. Mm-hmm. People getting stabbed, people throwing bros, people getting jumped. So you tell a kid, you report something like that, like, oh, he says a lot of GDK. Well, you have music. a large following, too. Right? Like, who knows you, GD? What you think one of those little kids going to do to somebody? Right. Right? Like, which, if, if, if Pop Smoke was my idol. Right. Right? And you're like, yo, a gangster disciple did that? Oh, nah. It's, it's, it's on time when I see him now. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, how you feel about that? Say, I bring you in now. I'll tag you in. Uh, you basically nailed it. Like, that's a big thing in, in, within pop culture. Um, when, when these people who have these platforms, like academics and the Charlemagne's and the, you know, Boiler Alert, Shade Room, I be feeling like it's like a race just to see who can report the news fastest. 
And a lot of times it's not even about who's the most credible. So a lot of times they paint a narrative about scenarios that they don't have knowledge of. And because you bring it into the public in this way, shape, or form, little do you know, you're like, your opinion has a, a large effect on the community. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you're you're basically formulating a, th- a theory for someone to have that they don't necessarily even have for themselves. Or inciting a thought. Yeah. Or planting a seed of the thought. Yeah. yeah. Which is crazy, right? Because like when it first happened, before it even first happened, I'm going to have a, a huge moment of transparency. Night before they announced, night before Pasha was killed, I'm on YouTube at my daughter's uh, mother house. And some young boys from Flatbush made a video where they went to Eppersfield's. Uh, and for those who don't know, Eppersfield is a, a big gangster disciple stronghold, yeah. right? They went to Eppersfield and they shot a video pretty much like, yo, yeah, these genies can suck my dick, right? And I'm looking at the video and she don't know what I'm watching on my phone, but I go, oh, shit. And she's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, this is going to be a problem. And she's like, yo, what happened, right? And then like, you know, like I show her the video, I'm like, this is the type of stuff that Right? Like, like this is the type of stuff that, like, let's say you GD from back in the days, right? And you just grew up in Ebbsville or you live in Ebbsville, but, you know, because there's, there's a distinction amongst, between the things that's going on in the streets right now, to some extent, with, like, the young boys that's fighting in junior high school, high school, and people like me that grew up in Brooklyn. like in their 30s now. Right? Like, yeah. and, like, you know, like, I'm GD, but, like, when I grew up, the A-Ball was popping, and us and Crips was like this. Right? Like, we have no issues. So I'm completely disconnected from what's going on now and their problems and their issues. Right. Right. But there's people who may grow up in Ebbsville and chill. They still live there. But now I see a video where people are like, oh, yeah, all these GDs in this building here can suck my dick. That's a problem. Yeah. So I'm sitting there looking. I'm like, oh, shit. Right. Like, because all I want is peace for Brooklyn. Right. right. And then the next morning, they're like, yo, Posmo died. And then I'm like. And I'm looking at it. I'm like, he died in California, Beverly Hills. Like, this is crazy. Yeah. And they're like, not even, not even in Brooklyn. Yeah. And they're like, yo, you think GDs has something to do? I was like, no. Right. Like, I I didn't honestly. Like, yes, is there beef? But I'm like, it's all the way out in California, right? So it's like, it's not. But I'm also not going to get on a platform and be like, yo, maybe the GDs did it, or maybe they should take responsibility. That's gaslighting. It's it's irresponsible to suggest the idea without a solid base of knowledge. Yeah. I would agree. But man, it's it's unfortunate that, you know, it, it went that way. Um, you know, he really, you know, one, I even said, I mean, it's not the most lyrical, but I've been loving the energy of 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 young Brooklyn that has been that Brooklyn's been coming with for a while. Um, it's been putting, you know, New York um somewhat back towards shifting attention back to the forefront within the hip hop game, which you know I, I might be biased, but I just always feel like New York should have that. And that's no diss to, you know, the run that the South, particularly Atlanta's had, or, you know, what's been going on in the West Coast for a little bit. But, like, I just always feel like hip-hop, they got it. It has to be strong New York rappers. And um, I just remember watching um, Gotti off of uh, Travis Scott's last project that he had. And I'm watching the video, and, you know, they on Canarsie with the Bugatti driving around, they ended up walking the Flatbush sign, eating McDonald's, and, you know, they got Travis Scott in Flatbush and Canarsie. You know, I'm just I'm like, <laughs> as whole culture-wise, I'm just looking at it, I'm like, yo, this is so dope. Like, 
This is so dope. Like Travis Scott is a mainstream major, and I don't even call him hip hop entertainer. Period. Because yeah, Astro World, his festival is like one of the most successful festivals I think of 2019. Uh, I'm not off was the year before. I'm not sure. I, I was reading some stats about how well it did ticket sales wise. So he's he's bigger than just rap hip hop, and to just have him in that neighborhood chilling, like for the video, I was like, man, this, this is culturally so dope, and. Man, it's like you can get so far, but never really far enough. It's you know, because like this didn't happen back in Canarsie or in Flatbush nineties, fifties. Well, like this happened out in Beverly Hills. He was out in out of town, out out in L.A. And it's it's just kind of tough when somebody passes out of town because it's almost like you just it's like you ran far away. I don't want to say ran. That's disrespectful. You went you far away. You made it out. You made it out, but not far enough. Almost, you know. It's almost like you succumb to one of the things that you could have succumbed to right here. And that's tough. Absolutely. I feel like Brooklyn needs to stick together. Yeah. How you, and you I like I liked what I saw from um I, I I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe he's G D. Two 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 G's. But before you even say that, let me yeah. ask, say you do you feel Brooklyn could ever get together? Uh, <laughs> um In another life here, in this one, no. So for us, it, it, the only reason why the yeah. only reason why I say that is because this thing called pride. Yeah. Mm. Like like we had a conversation though. A lot of these feuds, beasts, rivalries, whatever you want to call it, going on between the young dudes. They don't know why they're in it. So it's going it's going to have to be a, a conversation within themselves or each other. Do we really need the approval of our OGs? Because the right guidance can spark a change. You got you got some old old heads that are for for peace and equality. And you feel me collaborations. But then you got some OGs that are stuck in their ways. Like they just they just want blood. Yeah. They want blood. And from from, from the 80s. Like, yo. <laughs> and I, I like and I, and I will always say this. I cannot blame somebody who like you you your brother got killed, your cousin got killed, mm -hmm. you know, your father got killed. I can't blame you for wanting blood. Right? Like that's just it's just my makeup in terms of how I was raised and how you came out of that. I like I cannot blame you. However, I feel like I will hope it's kind of you know, let's have peace at some point, right? And I and it's something I struggle with because I've always thought like, damn, what if more of us older ones that's kind of not necessarily grown out of it, but like we've just been so busy that we haven't really been around. Like if we reach back to be like, yo, y'all should squash this, y'all should because people make good points like, yo. It don't matter what you are. If you get locked up and go upstate, y'all fighting together because y'all the only black people right. in a white jail. Right. Yeah. Right? And I'm like, yo, that's that's real talk. So if it don't matter after you've gotten locked up and you've gone upstate, why it matter now? Right? Or like, can we do something? You know, and I always wonder that. Like, is it something that can be done or is it something that we just kidding ourselves about? Because if we ever did come together, then just think about this real quick. Smutty Dance, Song of the Summer. Um, 
uh, ooh, Young and May, Song of the Summer, right? Takashi 6 9 However you feel about him, Gummo, Song yeah. of the Summer. Yeah. Uh, Welcome to the Party, Song of the Summer. Big Drip, Song of the Summer. Five straight summers, Brooklyn has had the Song of the Summer. You got the Millie Rock in there. Millie Rock. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, oh, it's, yeah, all, yeah. The other, it's all the other hits that's going along with it. Right? right. But, like, because you also can throw computers in there. You mm-hmm. can, right? Like, there's a lot of, yeah. Song of the Summer. Yeah. And yeah. mind you, in this. There's been major, major national hits. And most of this wasn't there. even with, like, collaborating with other people. Yeah. Right? Like, we didn't get to hear Smurda and Young and May. We didn't get to hear Young and May and Takashi 69. Like, we didn't get to hear, hear, um, uh, Pop and Smurda or Pop and Young and May, like, this is just Brooklyn being divided and right. putting out this. So imagine if it was together. Imagine. right? And I always be like, yo, like, the woo, like even when you was like, yo, some of the stuff may not necessarily be the most lyrical, but when you talk about a hook, boy, woo rappers can make a hook boy, that out element, the ass. I like those skins. Right? Melon- and then, <laughs> that joint right there, boy. Like, like, that I element. Think, that I think some of like, the, the lyrical geniuses of yeah. like Tutu or like Envy. And I'm like, if I can get y'all on the song together, right? shit. If Brooklyn could, could be behind could feel, each other. Then you, could, you could fuse the synergy of the lyrical prowess with and, the hook and, making. And that's why I liked how like yeah. Tutu came out and was like, yo, I feel, all beef aside, I feel sorry for what happened to him. Which I thought right? was like, dope, because that beef is serious. Yeah. And for them to be like, yo, all beef aside, I feel sorry for what happened now. Right? Because it's the 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 government disarmed them. Right? Like it's he was out on bail, his mom's house is up for the bell. Right. Which means that if I'm moving around, I'm out on a million dollar bell, my mom's house is what posted it for me, right? I can't get locked up again because my mom's can't lose her house. So anybody around me, you can't bring a gun on me. Right? Like you just you just can't. Like that's just what it is. I'm not putting my mom's house at risk. But now you've also effectively disarmed me for some bullshit charge. In terms of protection for myself. Right? And it's like, yo, you ain't protect me? Boy, it was in Beverly Hills, a gated community. Right. Right? Like that, that's not supposed to happen. Yeah. I don't not in Beverly Hills. Not there, no. If so, why I'm vacationing there and paying all this money. Right. Right? I could spend a tenth of what he paid to stay there and go into y'all and have a security guard with a gun. Right, like it's just it's just crazy, man. But rest in peace, Pop Smoke. Yes, rest in peace, Pop Smoke. Had, had a good trajectory out of him. Like, even when you was um saying like you know the uh, the cleverness of you know woo rappers and whatnot, like that's why like as far as that side, that's why it's a big loss because yo, it's been so many rappers from that side for like years, and for the fact that he took He's it on that court on and this really. like. He was about to be the, the Captain America this. Mm. Like, like even in his interviews, he 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 name dropping people that he didn't have to name drop. Right. But he wants y'all to know, yo, it ain't just me. Yeah, I'm we're coming. Like, I'm coming with a crew. You feel me? Yeah. This is like they from different parts of like Pop is from Floss, which is mm-hmm. Canarsie. He mentioned that Fabio, who's from the 90s. Nineties. He mentioned that Chef G, who's from the eighth block, East 18th in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Like he's like he was trying to bring everybody. Now, I would appreciate it if he really brought everybody, not just the right, rules, right, but right, right. I can understand why his crew, his alliance, like he's mentioning, right? Like he didn't he didn't get on and leave everybody. Right, right. Right, like, which is dope. Like he always had Fetty with him. He always had Fabio mm-hmm. with him. 
right? You know, like, and I, I do think that is dope that he was really willing to put on for other people. Yeah, and and, and not just like the piggyback when you um like shout out to the uh, you know Andy Kane and Tuzu G's for paying their respects. I think one thing you could always respect all beefs aside, the whole narrative of you know he got set up. Nobody wants to go out like that. Yeah. Because you want to be able to say, I can trust the real ones around me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So I think everybody empathized with that part of it. Oh, absolutely. It's like, damn, that's five. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then I remember Fabio had said on his, he was like, yo, it seems like you either get 100 years in jail or you die. And that's the two choices you leave me to live with. Right? Like, it's because when you grew up in New York, they used to, at one point, New York had a section of police called Hip Hop Police. Where their main job was to follow rappers around, stop them, and search for guns. Right. Right? A lot of those stops wasn't even legit. Lil Wayne got searched, gun was even on him, and got thrown in jail and for they a asked year Which one's Lil Wayne? Right? Like, you even know who it is. And somebody let this slide in court. Yeah. This is the times we live in. So, but yeah, again, rest in peace, Pop Smoke. Uh, yeah. Shout out to his his family. I know his mom's is grieving. Shout out to all of St. Paul's, the church that he grew up in, that whole community, the whole Canarsie, Flossie. Uh, stay strong. Let's keep his legacy alive. And then uh, we go. We gotta switch up the mood. You yeah. know, we gotta play some different music. You know, we gotta celebrate. I'm big on celebrating life, so we gonna Absolutely. celebrate before we switch to the next topic. Absolutely. But now it looks like things are finally coming around. I know we've got a long, long way to go. Sometimes we play when we go through tough times and we just need to get something. Play every cookout. We're putting our shots together. We're punishing our fun life. I'm sorry right now. Don't swear. I'm not going to have down before. I know you refuse me. Hell down anymore. Last night, they had the NAACP, um, National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, had their um, annual Image Awards, and um, recording artist Rihanna was given the President's Award. I just wanted to play a clip from um, what she said in her acceptance speech. I think it's very prevalent. Um, it, it's always prevalent, but it's very prevalent to the current time, and uh, just something I just wanted to expand on a little bit before going to our next topic. All right, I got the clip, the clip queued up. Here we go. Too. So when we're marching and 
protesting and posting about the Michael Brown Juniors and the Tatiana Jeffersons of the world. Tell your friends to pull up. That was deep. So let's, yeah. let's, let's unpack that. How you guys feel about that? I think very spot on, bro. She, she, she you know, she uh, hit the nail when she said they want to break bread with you, right? They like you, right? I mean, you know, I just think people of uh, another gender, another demographic, another race, whatever the case may be, um, particularly more so, what I more so speak on is race. Uh, you know, if there's a relationship between us um, and, you know, it's lucrative. We can make money together business-wise or, you know, you appreciate the culture, whether you like to consume the music, you like to go to the concerts, you like the art, whatever the case may be. If you truly like it, if you truly love what this culture is about, you got to love it when it's good and when it's bad. Because the, the thing with us um, as black men here in this room is that we don't pick and choose when we're black men. We're black, we're, we're black good when it's you go to the park and God's like, yeah, I'm picking him first, even if you can't play ball, right? Like, yeah, I'm picking him first. He got, you know, and you also black, you also black when it's 2 a.m. and you driving on 995 and you get it, whoop, whoop, and you, and you, you know, nervous yeah, as hell. Run your heart's racing. Like, you know, we, we black when it's great to be black, and we also black when it's not good to be black. Um, exactly. And um, it's just something I want people of other demographics to be mindful of. Is like, you know, if you're gonna really support this culture. Especially our culture, because a lot of the good of our culture, you know, you go back to the show that you played, ain't no stopping us now. A lot of the dope things of our culture are made in spite of struggle. Mm -hmm. Hip hop music, you know, reggae music, dancehall music, both of those, all three, three of those types of music. Uh, soul too is um, is really started as poor people's music in spite of economic struggle. Perfect. You know, struggle as a reflection of what you surviving. Right, surviving. Yeah. So. Um, you know, I really just feel like if you're really an ally, quote unquote, if you have a platform, if you're not part of the struggle, if, if, you, if you're going to enjoy the fruits of the struggle, you got to help eliminate the struggle, too. You know, you have to help to uh, you, you can't just take the finished product, but not support it when it's down. So I said, to say, you know, you, you can't go to the, the Migos concert and the Meek Mill concert and the Kendrick concert. And that's all that you have queued up in your Apple Music or Spotify, whatever you stream on title. You have all the merch, you got all the Yeezys, you know, you love NBA, you love NFL, but you know, when there's an incident, you mute. Or or, or you say, eh, I can't really relate to it. I agree. Uh, you know, I just I just don't really feel like that's the way humanity, uh humanitarian wise, if 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 we're gonna continue to be a more congruous um, you know, civilization, society. Nah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Um, I know myself, um, having like I'm born and raised in Brooklyn, New York, Brownsville area. Um, predominantly black neighborhood my whole life. I went to predominantly black high school, boys and girls high school. And then I went to HBCU, Lincoln University, mm -hmm. Pennsylvania. So um, not being biased, but I have only been around black people mostly, mostly my whole life. Right. But you know, being the, the the type of parental guidance I have, I've always been taught to not judge a book by its cover. So I give other races a chance when I meet them. I don't I don't move with the guilty till proven innocent mindset. Mm. Because I don't know how you was raised. Right. You might have been raised the right way. 
So, like, as far as, like, you know, people accepting our, I mean, loving our culture, you know, everybody know black people, we the most popping race on the planet. That's a fact. Like, we are pop culture. Like, yeah. fashion, sports, we dominate everything, and yeah. we literally get the least amount of credit for it. Yeah. They, they, countless times at the time, dehumanize integrity, the list goes on. So, like I said, man, like, if you, I'm not asking you to put black people on a pedestal. Right. But just wrong is wrong. Quote and that. speak Quote out that. on things that are wrong. Especially if you love the culture. Especially you if you... Especially if you indulge in it. Yo, you singing our you songs. Indulge, right. you, yo, your kids know our, like, our, yeah. our rappers' lyrics word for word. Right, right. Dances on TikTok and taking credit as your own. I don't know one kid of another race in this country whose favorite basketball player is not black. <laughs> I can't front. It might be... Some, some kids might like Luca. All right, now. Yeah, but for a while, though, yeah. yeah. It was either LeBron, Kobe... Kyrie, Steph. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you buy, you you bringing your kids to these events to watch black men. Yeah, yeah. And their athletic prowess. Yeah. Oh, so somebody once told me, and it hit it right on the nail because I never thought of it this way. Racism isn't a problem for black people to fix, right? Because racism isn't a black people problem. Right. We don't have to. Racism it. is a problem with white people. Right. Right. And it racism is for black people to fight. And stand up and protest and demand justice. Right. But in terms of who can actually fix that problem, it's the people who cause the racism. Right? Like it's it's for white people to fix. The same way um, homophobia is not for gay people to fix. It's for for heterosexual, mostly heterosexual males to fix. Right? So it's kind of like if y'all tired of us complaining about this problem and throwing this problem up there, then fix it. Because y'all are the only ones that can fix it. I can't change the system. I can't change your mindset. And as a kid who, again, from Brownsville Projects, moved to Crow Heights, hung out a lot in Brooklyn, hung out a lot in Flatbush, always around black people. Only time I was around some white people was when we went to go to 42nd Street on Easter. Right? Then I went up to Binghamton and quickly realized I was a minority. 3.5% of the people at Binghamton is black. Wow. Right? So quick, only black male in the school of nursing up until my junior year. So it's kind of like, oh, wow, this is what it is. This is the type of time the world is really on. Right. And encounter, excuse me, encounter many a racist thing while in Binghamton. Right. Right. But then I, I will also say this because I don't want it to come off as with irresponsibly blaming white people. To be very specific, we are talking about the white people who sit by and do anything. I know that the justice that we have achieved here in America as black people could not have been possible without our white allies that right. stood on the front lines with us. Absolutely. Right? And a lot of people, a lot of black people will hate hearing me say that, but it's the guys that are the truth. Right? Like, if you, since a movie's been made about it, let's talk about Selma. One of the biggest, probably the biggest reason that Selma protests in March was so successful was because of the white priest that was killed. And I believe he was from Boston. Right? And when that happened, that changed the tides. Right. So, we're not going to get nowhere without our white allies and even allies of different races outside of black and white. And I think that's why it's so important to be like, yo, if you enjoy bumping top music, stand with us. Yeah. It's, right. it's a humanitarian thing. Like, it's not it's not black first white or, you know, 
But if you're going to embrace us, embrace us full through, you know, the whole spectrum in times of good and in times of bad also. And I think that's what Rihanna was speaking on specifically, just like, yo, if you really, you know, you want to break bread with us, you really like pull up. Like when we need you, we're like, if you're really a friend, be a friend in need too, not just a friend when it's time to party or when it's time for celebration, like be a friend when I could, when I need to call on you sometimes too. Absolutely. And that'd be, that'd be the disconnect that white people don't see. Like white people really, they think black people don't like them. No, it's not, it's, it's not that. It's that we've been programmed to have to move so accordingly with you guys because we don't know how you guys are going to support us in our times of need. Right. We know we are down to party. Distrust, yeah. We know you are down for that. But when it's time for, let's say I'm in a, let's say I'm in a car with my white friend and I get pulled over and he sees injustice going on. What type of what, what type of person are you going to be? Right. Will you leverage your privilege in that situation? Yeah, because you like at that at those moments, I would want you to use your privilege to help both of us. To help both of us. Say here, say here to play. Say 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 pulling up for free now. Yeah, for <laughs> nah, real. Like yeah, hold me down. You you my bro, right? Right, right. Crazy story. One time, I got my cousin Wayne. Um, his wife is white. When they first started dating, uh, he was in crimes, right on on, on the mountain. And you know the police station's around the corner, and we get in the car. It's five of us, four black men, right? Me, JB, um, was it JB? Yeah, me, JB, Eric Wayne, and his wife. His wife is in the back, in the middle, right? We pull around. We come across street. We get pulled up. Woo woo! Pull over. I'm like, what's going on? Officers didn't even ask us no questions. They looked into the back seat and said, "Ma'am, are you alright?" First question. I was like, yo, what? It's like, ma'am, are you, yo, she had never experienced anything like this, right? White girl from a very white neighborhood in a suburb in Pennsylvania, outside of Pittsburgh, had never experienced anything like that. Like, she was like, oh, wow, this is crazy, right? So I think. That's wow. What? Like, I, and didn't they have the nerve tonight to say that to me? They just walked back to the car and pulled off. And this is Brooklyn. So, yeah. I think masculine neighborhoods. That's crazy. Yeah, and no, we got, um, you know, I live in a gentrified neighborhood, so somebody claims to be playing the trumpet right now. Ah, gotcha. You <laughs> got a young, aspiring Winston Marcellus out there. Okay, I was wondering. Like, Where's that coming from? <laughs> so we, we get into the next topic. You could tell us. So, surely. Why are you figuring that out? One day we're going to have the conversation uh, with Rihanna saying that white people need to come help. The different cultures of black needed to do the same thing. Absolutely, self accountability is key. We're not. We're not gonna like black yeah. versus Caribbean versus like African, everything, right? Yeah, like it's yeah. one day we're gonna have. We're not gonna have it today, but one day we're gonna get into that because we really need to have that conversation. With absolutely, people. absolutely. Um, so, you know, it's twenty twenty. Um, Got to bring the awareness to this topic because this is very key. Um, if you haven't registered to vote yet, I do urge everyone to register to vote as soon as possible. It is a must for us, especially us, people of color. Um, it is an election year. 2020 is an election year. Mm -hmm. And they're right now in the middle of the Nevada caucus. Shout um, out to whoever made that Elizabeth Warren on the Ether beat. The beat. <laughs> <laughs> Bombs. Yo, that was hilarious. Did you see that? Nice. Elizabeth Warren on 
giving Mike Bloomberg his she came for Mike ass. Bloomberg. She came for Mike Bloomberg. Oh, like, I so, love that. Look at Soul left his body at a point. <laughs> Yo. But um, man, I don't really. So I'll start the conversation with this. I don't really want to go into a political debate as I want to just talk about what's taking place. Um, but it is an election year, and I'm a little upset because here we are now, February, almost March of 2020, and, you know, I myself, I'm a registered Democrat. Um, the Democratic Party is not behind a candidate yet. I understand, I understand, but it, it doesn't even, it, there's a lot of division in, in, um, amongst the party with, with who they want to be the, uh, the, the candidate elect from, from the party. Um, and it just makes me feel like we didn't use the past three years wisely. Um, then you have our former mayor of New York City, uh, Michael Bloomberg, um, who comes into the race as a Democrat. I'm not even sure exactly what that's about. And I have mixed feelings on that. And, and the reason why I have mixed feelings on the whole situation, because I've leading up to this, a, a lot of people have dropped out, right? You had Cory Booker, you had um, Andrew Yang, you had, um, remind me of the sister from California again, Kamala Harris. Um, and there was others that, you know, had some steam that dropped out. However, I think, I don't know if it's because social media culture, but a lot of people are mentioning candidates that they like, you know, who they like more based on policy, things of that nature, who's maybe more appealing. And then I somewhat think, I was like, well, if you really dislike the current president, Trump, so much, is it really a matter of who you like or is it a matter of electability? Who could beat it? So who, who could actually win in an election against it? Because and the only reason why I say that is because I think back to the election that put Trump in there in the first place. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of people, especially particularly people of color, did not vote at all because they didn't like Hillary. But, I, I, but the issue I would always say in response to that, not saying that you have to, but I was like, you do realize that somebody's going to win, though, right? Like, I'm not saying you have the, the the best two choices, but it's like it's like your mom says, meatloaf or chicken. And you're like, I don't want either. But your mom's going to cook dinner. Like, <laughs> you're going to eat. Chicken or starve. Right, you're going to starve, right? So it's like... You don't like the chicken, you don't like the meatloaf, but one of them is gonna be on the plate around eight o'clock on a dinner table. So here's my thing. You take that. your pick. You, you right now at this stage of the primaries, you can pick who you like. Right? Like for whatever you reason, still think yeah. I think that's okay. Still enough time. When it comes down to it's only the nominee or Trump, then I think that's when people have to be like, yo, let's pick our nominee. But you don't think we need and to be here from early? And it's so early, early year, I should say. I think from early, you need to identify your reasons of why you like a person and get that out to the public and help help translate what they've done into what people can understand, right? Like, because I, I hope that you're not just liking somebody just to like them because they're a male or because they're a woman, but you're liking them because mm -hmm. they have policies that's going to go with you, right? Like Bernie Sanders talking about erasing all college debt. Shit. I got a lot of college debt. You might get my vote just because of that. Right. Right. We'll fix the world afterwards as long as that college debt says zero. Right. But then on more serious news, because I will say this, I am not for Bloomberg. You hear me? I am not for the concept of buying your way to an election. 
right? Like he didn't have to go through the stages of the Kamala Harris's, right, the Cory right. Booker's. The, he didn't have to go through none and of that. And exceptions were made. So when, when they yeah. got roasted on stage or when they was arguing, he had to do none of that, right? Like the Democratic National Convention, the um, National Committee changed their policy to allow him to be able to vote right now. And to me, it's like, oh, we about to have New York City all over again. Guess who's not with that? Not me. Like, I'll, I'll keep it a buck. I would rather four more years of Trump than a potential 12 years of Bloomberg. Because I know that after four years of Trump, no matter how bad it is, he's going to get up on out of here. Bloomberg may never leave. He was the mayor of New York for 12 years. You're legally only allowed to be the mayor of New York for eight years. Yeah, Think about that. Found some kind of loophole, right? He bought a lot of the black vote. You know how disgusting it is right now to see all of these black people in ads talking about him? All these black churches in ads talking about we support Bloomberg? Yo, you killed Hillary for the federal crime bill, but you support Bloomberg for furthering it? Right. You killed Giuliani for stopping Frisk. Bloomberg gave us another 12 years. Like you see some of the comments he talked about, the way he talked about black men, right? The way he talked about gay people. And it's okay because he donated to your church to say, nah, I mean, I'm not with it. I don't I'm know. not taking a side here because I don't know all the facts, but we all know that money will make a lot of feelings disappear. You know? I get that. Money, money makes not a lot of feelings. Sadly, it makes a lot of feelings disappear. Not mine. Because I, I even saw... Um, I was like, man, this is strategic as fuck. I saw um, when he was talking about, um, well, no, he apologized for stopping Frisk. I feel like it's on church here in the city. But then in uh, early February, he went down to Tulsa where, where Black Wall Street was, <laughs> Greenwood, Greenwood in Oklahoma. So if you guys are familiar with Black Wall Street, Black Wall Street um, was Greenwood, Alabama, Greenwood, uh, Oklahoma, um, right outside of Tulsa. And this was a very self-providing, um, self-serving community. They had their own banks, had their own uh, movie theater, firehouse. Product. They did not... It was a black community um, in the early 19-teens um, that did not need help of the neighboring white communities. And um, there was a race riot in Tulsa and um, in Greenwood, and it was ultimately um, bombed. Black Wall Street was, was legit. It was bombed. terrorized. It was more than a race riot. Yeah. Like, race riot kind of implies that we both had a fighting chance to some extent. Right. This was just, yo, we both, yo, they government planes. Yeah. Was shooting down the city in, in Oklahoma. With innocent like, people. People think around. the HBO series was just Watching like, yeah, that really happened. Yeah, really happened. So, um, you know, someone on this team did their research and they went there to um, talk about, you know, uh, Things for the African American community and what he could possibly provide, and I don't know how genuine it is or isn't. It, it, it is or it is not. But I just saw that and was like, wow, like it's corny. His team really knows how to get to the soul of people because I feel like the average black person is gonna see that um, and be like, wow, mm-hmm. at the at the same grounds where we, you know, like I I, I got to give them credit, man. I don't know if it's authentic or not, but. They know how to try to pander to a group, whatever group they trying to appeal to. They know how to get to your soft spot, you know? I feel like with Hillary, she had did, Hillary did her function with her husband, but they had also did some things for black people. But then 
she also then tried to spend the next part of her career making up for it, right? Like when she was a senator in New York and trying to implement things and trying to stand up. So I was okay with forgiving Hillary. Bloomberg just has this 12 years of fuckery and nothing else afterwards. So what are we basing this off of that he's going to do all of this for the black people and black people? It's interesting, but, you know, folks, um, you know, your NPR, for those of you in New York City, that's uh, FM 93.9, CNN News, um, reputable sites, because there's a lot of stuff on social media that's not actually vetted and reputable. But, um, you know, there's, there's so much um, reputable media um, online, not so much social media where you can get your news um, and that you can follow just to stay abreast. But, you know. We're going to continue to remind you guys every episode, but this is an election year. And if you feel any kind of way about the way the last election went down, um, do something about it. Because a large portion of the reason why the, elect the election turned out the way it did is because there was a very low participation. And, you know, we may be back in the same scenario where you don't have the best of options. But like the analogy I made before, then it's going to be on the table. Absolutely. I mean, we'll, so, we'll, we'll keep people abreast as... You know, we have, um, you know, we have March 14th coming up, the Super Tuesday that's coming up, which is going to be very big. Well, not March 14th. Um, it's uh, the 17th is Wednesday, 16th. Okay. So it's, it's Tuesday. There's a bunch of states that's, that's voting. There's going to be a lot of delegates that go out and a lot of primaries on the same day. So we'll keep everybody abreast of what's going on. Uh, any other quick topics you want to hit on before we get out of here? Man, Quick I definitely want to just, um, you know, we, we lost Kobe also early this month. Absolutely. Kobe um, Bryant, yeah. as well as his uh, daughter, um, Gigi. Gigi, Gigi Bryant, along with um, some other uh, good folks who are on that plane as, mm -hmm. uh, as well. Uh, family, friends, I think uh, one of the families, the child was a teammate of Gigi's, yeah. um, the pilot as well. Um, and, you know, I can only speak to who I really know. I'm not as familiar with them. But, um, you know, for us in particular, uh, as as black men, as sports fans, as basketball fans, um, Kobe meant a lot to us. Absolutely. Kobe meant a lot to us. And, um, you know, it's just very tragic to see him pass away at 41, tragically the way it happened. Because I was still having this conversation with somebody and it almost seemed like he was headed for a life after basketball, which was going to be greater than his life in basketball. And for somebody like him, that's hard to do. You know, because he was such a top great, five. Top, he was such a great bass. So it's like, for you to top that, it's like, how do you know, it's one thing if he was like a mediocre basketball player and it's like, okay, his his career afterwards, like, you know, he killed it with the investments. He's like, you know, doing this, but like, man, Kobe, you know, won an Oscar for the, the, the short that he had created. You know, he's really pushing the women's basketball movement, this, that, and it's like. He played a pivotal role in him getting that raise. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's looking like he was about to be almost even more iconic post-basketball than he did in his, you know, his amazing career that he had, you know? And, um, man, I, that was just tough, bro. Like, I remember when I got that news, I was in the hospital with my pops. My pops was still on life support when Kobe had passed. And I was just like, damn, I didn't didn't see that coming at all. Like, did not see that coming. You want to touch on Kobe? Um, yeah, like, it's, it's, just so, it's so crazy how we looking at, like, and you got Kobe, and you got Pop Smoke. Yeah. Part of the, even though Kobe, you know what he meant to us, you know, tragic death, we can almost come to raps with it because Kobe wanted to leave a legacy. 
That's what Kobe's biggest thing was as soon as he got drafted. I'm here to cement myself in his league. So it's like you got one man who was able to leave a legacy, and then you got someone who was taken away when he was just start startup yeah. a legacy. So it was crazy how life works. So yeah. I tell people, I tell my youngins, yo, some things are just unavoidable, but definitely try to put yourself in the best situations to where you can control what happens to you. Right. And make good use of your time. That's you know how much time you have. Absolutely. Dr. J, you want to take us home with the hood scripture? Yes, yes, yes. So we're going to end every episode with a, a hood scripture. A hood scripture. Yeah, from this, the block to the boardroom, baby. It's a man with his PhD right here. That's a fact. Take that hood scripture. You heard? That's a PhD. P, good brother. Man, it's, it's, it's one of the same, brother. It's one of the same. You got yes. a doctor in front of your name, Turn right? It's one of the same. Absolutely. I appreciate you, though. Um, so this comes from the the, the good the hood scripture, good book of uh, Hove. Book for three, that is, right? Chapter, no, chapter value three. Sean Carter. Okay, volume, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 My fault, my fault. by Sean Carter, but, you know, book of Jehovah, chapter so. volume three, um, verse dope man. Uh, <laughs> we have, uh, it's one of my favorite verses. Um, where are we at right now? Okay. I'm a prisoner of circumstance. Frail brother, I couldn't much work with my hands, but my mind was strong. I grew where you hold your blacks up. Trap us. Expect us not to pick gaps up. Will you drop your cracks off by the Mack trucks? Destroy our dreams of being lawyers and actors. Keep us spiraling, going backwards. At age nine, saw my first hate crime. Blindfolded, expected to walk a straight line. Mind molded, taught to love you and hate mine. Climbed over it. At an early age, Jay shine. Fuck the system. At Lady Justice, I blaze nine. Your honor, I no longer kill my people. I raise mine. The soul of Mamaya in this modern day time. Oh my gosh. Yo, let that digest. That's the book of Jehovah right there. Grace. That's right. That's let right. That, let that sit on your temple for a little bit. You know, let, let that let that pot simmer. Right. Episode one's in the book. Episode zero zero one from the block to the boardroom podcast. Say boy, thank you for coming. We appreciate you, Doctor. Appreciate y'all, man. Appreciate. Say thank you for coming through, brother. Much blessings to y'all, man. Much blessings to y'all. Thank you. Have you back, yo. Your boy Trev. Your boy Doctor J. As always, great having you. Have a good one. Remember, ain't no stopping us now. Never.